Jacob said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Please be seated. In today's Old Testament lesson, Genesis chapter 32, Jacob, one of the patriarchs, the son of Isaac, the grandson of Abraham, wrestles with God. And this is indeed an intriguing and mysterious passage of Scripture, which I would contend warrants a lifetime of meditation and reflection. It is a deeply Christological text that points to and elucidates the person and work of Christ, and it is also, perhaps to our surprise, an eminently practical portion of Scripture. Why? Because to walk with God is to wrestle with God. This is part of what the word, the name for the people of God under the Old Covenant means. Those who wrestle with God. And if we, brothers and sisters, are to advance in the Christian life, if we are to grow, if we are to fight the good fight, if we are to run the race well, we need the tenacity of Jacob. The scripture says that a man wrestled with Jacob. But as we read, it becomes clear that this mysterious man is no mere man. Now, some have contended that this encounter with God was mediated through an angel. Hosea chapter 12, verse 3 and following says, Jacob took his brother by the heel in the womb, true story, and in his strength, he struggled with God. Yes, he struggled with the angel and prevailed. But as we've discussed before, the word angel is not what we call a rigid designator. That means it does not exclusively refer to those blessed ministering spirits of whom we learned on St. Michael and all angels. I would contend that this angel, this messenger, is the messenger of Yahweh, that this is the pre-incarnate son. This is Jesus Christ. For what does Jacob say in verse 30? For I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. Jesus Christ is in this text in more ways than one. It points to his person and work that, that maybe it's odd that Jacob wrestles with God and he, he overcomes. The man, the mysterious man, is weak. Well, that points to the gospel. Did not Jesus, did not the Son of God become weak so that we could be strong? The ultimate weakness he took upon himself, which is death, so that we could be blessed with forgiveness and life.
If you read the story of Jacob's life, familiar with the story of Jacob's life, you'll notice, I think rather quickly, that Jacob was not perfect. Jacob had some flaws. Perhaps you're thinking, God, of all the families you could have chosen to accomplish your will, to bring salvation and healing to the world, why did you choose this family? Jacob is a saint, but you'll see in Scripture that he often did not conduct himself as one. Early on in life, he price gouges his older brother. He sells him a pot of stew, and all it cost Esau was his birthright, his inheritance. Oh, you're starving? Okay, I'll give you some of the stew. Big brother. And then later on, as Isaac is aging and and nearing death, in cahoots with his mother, Rachel, he impersonates Esau. Esau was a hairy dude. Jacob was not. He was more of a lover than a fighter. And he puts on animal skin so that his functionally blind father touches his arms and thinks that it's Esau. And he steals from him this kingly, patriarchal blessing that was intended for his brother Esau. The name Jacob means supplanter. And boy, did Jacob ever live up to his name. Perhaps you've heard the phrase, uh, omen est nomen, uh, or nomen est omen. Names are omens. Names are destiny. That someone's name says something about who they are as a person. Jacob was deeply flawed. But, in spite of all his faults, God loved him. God chose him. God used him mightily. And despite all Jacob's faults, he loved God and sought the Lord. He held on to God saying, I will not let you go until you bless me. Jacob then is a model for the ascetic struggle. He's a model for the spiritual life. And he's been seen as such for a long time. Uh, Philo of Alexandria, who was a Jewish philosopher born about two decades before Jesus, envisages Jacob as this model ascetic, as this athlete of God, this archetypal figure who pursues God and is persistent in that pursuit. Perseverance. And our walk with Christ is essential. It's not easy to follow Jesus. Maybe it was easy in the beginning, a youth rally where there's free pizza and laser tag afterwards. But as you've, if you're going to walk with Jesus, it takes perseverance. Think about the collect of the day. We prayed that the church would persevere with steadfast faith. In our epistle, Paul writes to Timothy that he is to continue in what he has learned, that he is to be persistent in proclaiming the gospel 
and this will preach, regardless of whether the time is favorable or unfavorable. What, what kind of time do you think we're in now? Is it favorable or unfavorable to the gospel of Jesus Christ? That Jesus is Lord of all. Not me, not my impulses, but Jesus. Paul also says that he's to endure suffering. Brothers and sisters, we need to imitate Jacob in his perseverance, in his cultivation of the virtue of fortitude. But how do we do this? How do we do it? In other words, how do we hold on to Jesus? How do we wrestle with God? For one, by devoting ourselves to the apostles' teaching. Paul writes to Timothy, let's hear it again. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. He says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for direction, for and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped unto every good work. We encounter the living word in the written words of Holy Scripture. We encounter the living word in the written words of Holy Scripture. And to get in today's gospel, Jesus, who knows that his followers are not going to have it easy when the church gets rolling after his ascension, as things take off at Pentecost, he encourages them to persevere in prayer. To not give up. I mean, prayer is the wrestling mat of the Christian life. I mean, the whole of the Christian life is prayer. I know I've said this before, and we think of prayer as just maybe when we're on our knees beside our bed and we're, we're asking God for stuff. Anytime we're doing anything and we're aware of God and we lift up our hearts to God, Offer ourselves, and that's prayer. The whole of our relationship is a communion with God. And Jesus tells them to persevere because he knew that in the days following his ascension, it was not going to be easy to follow him. It's not easy in our day to follow Jesus. There's no golden era, there's no golden era of history where it was easy to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. There's scarcity, there's persecution, that makes it tough. There's a lot, there's abundance, there's a generally Christian attitude in society that comes with its own dangers. We wrestle 
with our Lord in the life of the church. The apostles' teaching and the breaking of bread, sacraments, the fellowship, and the prayers. We need to say day by day, I'm not going to let go unless you bless me. We need to understand that God is not stingy. Call to wrestle with God is not because he's reluctant to bless. We really twist his arm, maybe he'll bless us. God, in Genesis chapter 32, he initiated the encounter with Jacob. Jesus teaches us in the gospel. This is the point. We don't want to miss the point of this gospel. It's not that God is like the unjust judge, but the point of Jesus is that if the unjust judge who doesn't care about anyone but himself, gives justice to the widow, how much more will our good and loving Father in heaven hear and answer the prayers of his children? How much more will he give the Holy Spirit to those who love him? Jacob's name is changed. To Israel, which becomes the moniker of the people of God. The people of God are then again those who struggle, those who wrestle with God. It's not those who have it all together. I find Jacob so encouraging. I relate to him. His flaws remind me of my own. And it's heartening that God blesses those, again, not who are perfect, who are without need for healing, without need for forgiveness. No, it's about staying in the fight, staying in the game. My understanding of the word Israel is that if we go with the strict etymological sense, God is the subject. So from one perspective, Israel means God fights, God wrestles, God persists. One scholar put it this way, God strives to get a person like Jacob to become the kind of person he could be and should be, and that God wants him to be and keeps at it in this struggle, struggle with Jacob. So yes, we are creatures who have free will. God is not going to force any human being into relationship with himself not the way it works. He's not going to coerce us into knowing him. So yes, it does take perseverance to know and to follow God. But again, it doesn't take perfection. And it takes a knowledge to know that our perseverance in faith is not in our own strength, but his. 
So it's holding on to God, knowing that he's going to hold on to you. Jacob says, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. The Father says, through his Son, Jesus Christ, and by the Holy Spirit, I'm not going to let you go until I bless you. I'm not going to let you let me go. We have a God who wrestles and fights for us. And even in all of our shortcomings, even if all our 180s and turnarounds where we get back on the broad road, he pursues us so that we can become like his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.